Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. We've made it to Wednesday, and if you can believe it, it's the last day of September. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's how we're making you smarter today. How to make sure your mail-in vote counts. Plus, are we in the United States of burnout? But first, the hot mess express that was the first presidential debate is today's one big thing. His family's my already, family no, 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 my family already lost a fortune by coming down and helping us with government. That was pretty much the soundtrack for the first presidential debate last night in Cleveland. It was complete chaos and hard to watch. But no worries. I watched it with Axios's White House and politics editor, Margaret Taleb, and she's here with us now. It was an event that went completely off the rails. And if you listen to the television anchors on all of the major cables immediately afterwards describing it, they use words that normally get bleeped out. I don't know if we can say them on the podcast. Go ahead. Dana Bash from CNN called it a shit show. And she's a pretty careful professional journalist, but that's the feeling that everybody had. Chris Wallace was exasperated. Biden was exasperated. Trump looked exasperated for most of the debate. But if President Trump is actually behind, as the polling suggests, in in many battleground states as well as nationally. It was on him to use this debate to shake up a dynamic where he came out on top. And I'm just not sure that the debate helped him in his cause. In a year where the Black Lives Matter movement has swept the country, I thought the moment where President Trump declined to condemn white supremacy was particularly significant. Give me a name. Give me a name. White supremacists and and right proud boys. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left, because this is not a right his wing own, problem. This is, this is a left wing. This is a left wing problem. That seemed like an easy question to answer, but it wasn't the answer I think most Americans want to hear. Any other final thoughts? One of the most important exchanges of the debate came at the very end when both candidates were asked whether they would wait until the final election results were tabulated before declaring victory. And the answers were dramatically different. I'm urging my supporters to go into the polls and watch very carefully because that's what has to happen. I am urging them to do it. If it's a fair election, I am 100 percent on board. But if I see tens of thousands of ballots being manipulated, I can't go along with that. Here's the deal. The fact is, I will accept it. And he will, too. You know why? Because once the winner is declared after all the all the ballots are counted, that'll be the end of it. And if it's me, in fact, fine. If it's not me, I'll support the outcome and I'll be a president, not just for the Democrats. I'll be a president for Democrats and Republicans. And so I think it does set up November 3rd and the days to follow with even more questions than we already had about how the process will move forward. Margaret Taleb is Axios's White House and politics editor. We'll be back in 15 seconds with some tips for how to make sure your mail-in ballot is counted. Welcome back to Axios Today. We want to make sure you've got all the information you need when it comes to being able to vote in this upcoming election. Maybe you're thinking about voting via absentee ballot. Steph Kite has been researching the top reasons why ballots get thrown out. Steph, how common is it that a ballot gets rejected? Well, in 2016 and 2018, about 1% of absentee ballots that were cast were 
ultimately not counted. So 1% doesn't really sound like a lot, but that could translate to hundreds of thousands of ballots that don't get counted. That said, what's the most important information people need to know to make sure their ballot does get counted? So most states require your ballot to be in the local election office by election day. You have to get that ballot in the mail early enough for the mail system to actually deliver it in time. So it's really important to make sure that you know when your ballot needs to be in the mail or at your local elections office in order for it to count. So this is very location specific. Yeah, this is super state specific. The best place to get correct information on this is local election offices. It can also be helpful to visit your state election website. They often have links for your local area. So going to your state's secretary of state office or election board. Do we have any sense that there's fraud involved with mail-in voting? Historically, there really hasn't been any instances of mass voter fraud in this way. There are certainly situations where people think that they can vote and maybe can't and attempt to cast a ballot. Someone forgetting to sign something, someone forgetting to check a certain box or thinking that they registered when they hadn't. That's much more likely than any attempt to cast a fraudulent ballot in the sense of trying to do something bad. And it's actually not too late to register for most places, right? That's true. You can still register to vote in most states. You can even go to vote.gov is one of the easiest places where you can register to vote. And what's the most important thing you want people to take away from your reporting, staff? Really carefully read the instructions on your ballot, just making sure you take the time to carefully fill in the circles, carefully sign your ballot. And the other thing I would say is to make sure you vote early enough. If you know who you're going to vote for already, earlier is better than later. Steph Kite covers politics for Axios. Axios Insider is a sneak peek into the conversations in our newsroom. Erica Pandy writes the At Work newsletter and is here to talk about the United States of burnout. That means our working situations have gotten so much more difficult during the pandemic, but people still aren't taking a break. And that level of burnout on top of an already mentally difficult year for Americans could be dangerous. Erica, why aren't people taking time off? You're seeing a variety of factors. One is the obvious. People can't travel to fun, beachy destinations or people want to travel with their friends and family and they can't do that. And then there's other people who feel like their work has gotten even more intense during the pandemic, and they feel like they can't take a vacation because there's too much at stake. A survey of workers done by the human resources consulting firm Robert Half found that 40 percent of employees said their bosses were urging them to take vacation in August. That's up from 25 percent in May. So what are some innovative ways you're seeing companies try to give people a break even if they're not going to use their PTO? I don't want to brag too much about Axios, but here we have the mental health days, which have been an amazing new resource. And I've seen other cases of this. Employers saying, we're going to give you new kinds of time off, whether it's paid time off for mental health or for parents, so you can take a day here or there to have a sort of a staycation. Erica Pandy writes the At Work newsletter for Axios. Before we end, today is the beginning of Fat Bear Week. Fat Bear Week is a head-to-head racket competition, similar to that of March Madness. Bears in Alaska's Katmai National Park are getting ready for winter. That means they've been eating all summer, up to a year's worth of food in six months. The goal is to gain as much weight as possible before hibernation. 
the public has the opportunity to vote on the bear they believe to be the fattest or has experienced the most impressive weight gain of the season. The Department of the Interior says this week is all about body positivity. You can watch the bears on a live stream and vote for your favorite at explore.org. My money is on Otis. Let me know who you think is going to win on Twitter. That does it for us today. You can reach our team at podcasts at axios.com or reach out to me on Twitter at Nyla Boodoo. If you want more news before tomorrow, tune into our afternoon podcast recap. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.